Um, anyway, <laughs> so that's when I'm a kid, yeah. Hello, hello, welcome to this episode of Cafe Ribbit. Uh, I asked strangers in Philadelphia two questions that sound similar, but I think are very different. First one is, when do you feel most like a child? The second one is, when do you think most like a child? I also had a phone call with my friend, and we interviewed each other, so you can hear our answers to these questions at the end. It would be really fun if you guys submitted questions for me to ask strangers. There could be a special episode where it's just a whole bunch of random questions jumbled together. So send any questions to jack at caferibbit.com. Without further ado, um, I'm going to choose the window I'm most act like a child. Feel like a child. Feel like a child. Okay. When I feel like I'm feel more like a child, like um, right now, I feel like um, my childhood wasn't that great, so I get a I shut down like a child instead of communicating. I um, like my girlfriend is mad at me now, but instead of her understanding that it's best not to talk to me now because I might say something that I can't take back, but is I feel like you're coming at me. And I get that from my childhood. And, and now that um, she's not getting it, I feel so upset. And I want to throw a tantrum like a child, but I'm 50. So I have to just walk away from it, come back to it later. Because I don't know how to communicate it the way that she wants me to communicate. I know how to communicate it the way I want to, because I would say F it. You know what I mean? But that ain't the right way to do it if you care about a person. Right. And so that's pretty much. And the second one is when do you think most like a child? All in that same sentence because I should have better communication skills at at 50 than I had at 6. They probably about the same weight. Yeah. When do you feel most like a child, and when do you think most like a child? I feel most like a child when, in listening to music, I open my computer, and I have an extensive music collection, and I just will listen, and I will change songs, I will dance around like when nobody's there, and, it, and certain bands or certain genres of music will make me feel like I'm a certain age because that's what I was listening to at a certain age and I keep those or they remind me of other people and uh, also sometimes when I'm scared I feel most like a child because it's hard to stay present and I find my, it, it has to do with complex trauma like I've had a lot of therapy <laughs> anyway um, so it, it, when, when, when you you feel afraid sometimes I go to like my favorite shirt or my favorite I have a blanket that's like really comfortable and when when I'm feeling like that it reminds me of being a child and grabbing my favorite thing for comfort because I had to I I did I was that kid who had an animal a stuffed animal I was a kid who had a blanket I was the kid who used physical objects as as means of grounding Uh and I still do so I feel like that's when 
I feel like most like a child. Yeah. And also there's this sense of like, it surprises me at age 41 that I still am finding things that fill me with wonder. And, and I'm like, I've never seen this before. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's when I feel also like a child. What's an example of that that's happened recently? I saw Miatmus clouds. They're like the puffy, they're very, very rare cloud formation. Okay. And so they look like almost marshmallows sort of like falling down on the sky. Like it's, they're really weird and they're really rare and people take photographs of them all the time when they see them. I left my phone at home, so I of course didn't see that or didn't have a chance to photograph it. Um, yeah. And the second part is when do you think most like a child? I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the acting or, or like feel like a child because the feeling is it what's it inspires thinking and I so for me my childhood was complicated I had to be grown up first I was in foster care I had to take care of myself and my younger brother and that made, so when I grew up I kind of feel like I reversed places like I became more childlike as I grew up because I was able to handle myself, but I was also able then to explore the playful side of things. So I think it goes hand in hand with thinking and or acting or feeling like a child rather inspires the thinking, which is a, a thought process that causes me to go, oh, I want that blanket or I want that thing. And, and it's, 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 it's more of a series of events that happen rather than separate things. Can you give one music recommendation? There is a band called Trust, but that's spelled T-R-S-T. And the very last song on their newer album is called Wake With. I love that song. And one more. There's a band called Black Moth Super Rainbow. And on the last song, or the last song on their last album is called Spray Paint. And that always just makes me cry okay and that that also makes me feel like a child (laughs) the only thing that comes to my mind is is what i'm surfing i I, you know i I started when i was 12 years old i'm 46 now i don't get to do it as much because i don't live in hawaii anymore but you know I, i still make a an effort to do an annual surf trip i just went to the dr and when I'm out there, it's, it, it, it feels like I'm 12 years old again or 16 when I'm cutting school and everybody's at work. Everybody's at work or at school and, and my friends at the time had already graduated. So we'd be surfing the best beaches in Hawaii, you know, that people die to surf. And, and when you're out there, you know, when you're out there, it's man alone with his thought style. You know, I'm not thinking about the bills. I'm not thinking about rent. I'm not thinking about only working three days that way or whatever. I'm not thinking about anything except just being completely present and, and, and catching waves and, and paddling around in the water and sun on my skin. Uh, that makes me, yeah, it brings me back. most like a child I feel like when I'm sick you know what I mean like when I want somebody to take care of me and look after me because you feel defenseless I think when you're sick you know what I mean when you just want (laughs) to sleep and you want somebody to make you soup and things like that I think you you want somebody to take care of you 
Um, so I feel like that's when I feel most like a child. I feel like I think most like a child because I feel like I kind of always think like a child. I watch cartoons still. I read comic books still. So I feel like even though I live life in a mature manner, pay rent, have a job, but... Can you give an example of when you've thought like a child in an adult situation? Um, I don't know. I just feel like everybody else around me is an adult and I'm not an adult. And when people call me like miss or ma'am or like look to me for advice or something, it kind of snaps me out of realizing that like, oh, I'm older, like I'm not a child. So I feel like I catch myself more like in moments of being an adult versus being a child. There's a park near my house where I used to play soccer and um, after I left for college and whatnot, I uh, really didn't spend that much time there. And then coming back, um, I would start to go on, and this was during COVID, I started to go on like runs and stuff and kind of like explore all these places that I used to go as a kid and like, you know, experience where I lived and grew up from a different perspective because I think growing up one of the biggest struggles for most people is like you just get caught up in the world and so as a kid that's like one of the most precious times of your life where possibilities are unlimited so I think um, going back to that it was just like very I felt very reflective um, meditative and pretty grateful you know that's great so then the other question is when do you think most like a child yeah Thinking like a kid, I think uh, it happens like time to time for me, maybe, (laughs) when something doesn't go my way or like whenever I'm faced with a challenge, I think, because I'm a competitive person, I don't like to lose. So I think when I feel like I'm losing, I feel like a kid, you know, Uh I'm like, oh, like I need to get back in it. Like it's an ego thing, I guess. But um, I've honestly, it was funny that you come today because I was writing in my journal like last night, actually, about how. There's a quote by Michael Irvin, who was like this legendary um, football player. And he was like, I can't let the kid in me stop the king in me, which means like finding your purpose is important. Yes, but you'll always have that kid inside of you for good or bad. That's going to want to do crazy stuff and like react. Um, But the king in you, the metaphor for being your highest self, um, will always have to be aware of that and kind of reflect on that. So, yeah. What is an activity in your life that you want to be the king of? Not ruling over people, but <laughs> just personally. Yeah, I think myself. Because the only thing that you can control and stuff is really your own actions and your own thoughts and your own direction. So, like I said, I'm a competitive person. So, to be the king of myself means to always ask for the best and give the best. And that means, you know, whatever comes out of it comes out of it, you know. So... Um, that's I, I would say myself, you know. Yeah, because when I hear I want to be the king of myself, my first reaction is, ah, oh, you're going to be that tough on yourself, but yeah. a good king could be friendly. I agree. And I think um, there's another Michael Irvin quote. Oh. Yeah, he <laughs> said, and he was like, real leadership is not about dominance, control. It's about servitude. So... Um, I grew up in a family where my father was also somebody who gave a lot. So it's kind of in 
reflecting and like remembering all those things that I find that it's possible to be a king yourself by serving yourself well, like eating healthy, sleeping, spending the time you need, you know, so to be in control of yourself and um, appreciate what you have, I think is the main thing, yeah. I think sometimes with my cats, they'll do something that just makes me so absolutely happy and I'm filled with like so much love and just if they do something funny, um, that to me is like a really pure, almost childlike moment where I can just laugh and be filled with a lot of joy from that, um, that I don't always feel as an adult um, because I feel a lot of like other constraints on my emotions maybe. And sometimes I probably kind of think or react like a child when I'm disappointed. Um, I don't love being disappointed, even if it's little things like going to the grocery store to get my favorite treat and it's all sold out. I think that I start kind of thinking like a child, like, oh, this is such a bummer and um, probably even a little bit more than that, if that makes sense. Um, do you find that when you're with someone and they have a similar disappointing reaction, you can see it more objectively? Like, uh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, no, I try and understand people's disappointment because I really get disappointed about little <laughs> things, especially when it's food related. Yeah, um, what is this treat? Oh, uh, for me, it's usually vegan ice cream. I'm really, I'm vegan and um, I have some favorites. So if my favorite is sold out, then especially if I go there specifically for that thing, you know, like that one flavor. Um, yeah, big fan of the vegan treats. <laughs> I feel most like a child when I see animals being abused in the animal agriculture industry. It brings out these feelings that I'm not really used to having of frustration and wanting to change things and just thinking like this doesn't seem right. And I think most like, say, hmm. I guess I think most like a child when I think like that that issue of taking animals and and using them for food. I think childishly that the issue will be resolved very quickly and, and people will stop hurting animals for like things like taste, pleasure, culture, but yeah, unfortunately I'm not a child and, and things will just continue. It'll take a lot of time and effort to get that addressed. So I see you're here with a group of people talking about this issue and showing footage. What do you feel like has been your greatest leap in organizing with this group where you've made some progress with helping people understand this issue? Well, the biggest leap for me was just signing up to be the organizer. Um, I've never really led something before to this degree, so I just saw that there's something, an empty spot in an organization that seeks to speak out for animal rights. So I I decided, you know, it makes me uncomfortable to take that role, but it's important to 
go out of your comfort zone sometimes for the greater good. So I'm hoping that together, our chapter hopefully can help change the world a bit in their own special ways. And hopefully we can inspire others to do their own activism. Uh, I think I probably feel most like a child, like right before going to bed, assuming I'm not stressed out about something. But when you're looking forward to comfort, I feel like a child. Um, when I think like a child, I probably should think like a child more. But I'm, I'm too damn smart to think like a child. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I am creative, like, for a living. And so there's an element of play in that. The childlike, maybe, maybe anything that brings joy makes you think childlike. Because if you feel yourself laughing for no good reason, you know, adults aren't supposed to do that in public. But children, you expect them to do that. So I don't know when that changes. What's something you've made say on a piece of paper or whatever medium you work in that's made you laugh? You know, that's a great question because just recently uh, I write songs and so I went, I was going to a writing session and uh, I was texting with some friends who were complaining about their jobs and uh, my friend Chris said, can you write a song about spreadsheets? (laughs) (laughs) Because he was going through spreadsheet hell at that moment. And so I went into the writing session and I said, hey guys, can we write a song about spreadsheets? And you put three playful, creative people in a room and you come up with something silly about spreadsheets. And we all loved it and we all laughed. And of course we sent it to Chris and he loved it and laughed. And uh, I don't know, there's something childlike about that. Like, let's just make something up that's dumb. What's a lyric that comes to mind? So one of the lyrics is, uh, I'm pounding an accountant and the boss don't need to know. Working hangover time, putting happy hours in, getting three spreadsheets to the wind. <laughs> I think my mom will love this. She's an antiques dealer, so for taxes, she has a spreadsheet going back to 10 years ago when she first started of every <laughs> yes. single item. <laughs> yeah, and spreadsheets are amazing for what they can do, and you can get excited about them. But they're also kind of their own little jail cell. (laughs) When do you feel most like a child? And when do you think most like a child? It took me a little while to figure it out. But, and it's, it's, um, it's when I am riding in the backseat of a car. (laughs) Um, Especially on long journeys and it has a lot to do with the fact that when I learned to drive I felt a definite shift into you know greater independence and like the thrill of being mobile whenever I wanted to um Mm -hmm. wanted to be which is a great privilege and a great pleasure and so I feel really adult when I'm driving and then the sensation of being in the backseat is then like extra infantilized, infantilizing. You know, like I now understand why people are backseat drivers because you feel really out of control in the backseat, like, you know, like you basically are as a child in a car. 
but it's not a bad out of control. It's not pleasant either, though. It's not quite relaxing. It's sort of trying to find something to um, focus your thoughts on, or maybe not even focus them. But uh, you know, there's a lot of pondering that is to be done in the back of the car, and I did a lot of deep thinking. You know, how many people there were in the world, and like freaking myself out. Yeah, just thinking about big things. <laughs> um, Do you? when you're in the backseat, have conversations with the driver? Uh-uh. Um, it really depends. When I'm with my mom and dad, um, we'll sometimes bicker, especially about music. We'll talk about music. Um, about how many people are in the world. <laughs> no, God, those were very, I think, you know what? Those were very pri- private thoughts, which is why, like, I think the backseat is like a, also kind of like a weird private realm Mm -hmm. um certainly mental because like no one's looking at each other like the driver cannot look at you there's like a weird divide cognitively there because you're both facing the same way but you're still talking um and like i was almost always riding next to my twin brother which i now like never do that definitely defined my car experience as a child so Mm -hmm. anyway yeah and then you know of course like a lot of kids me included would like, especially when you're on like a highway like the Taconic that's lined with trees. Like you imagine yourself holding a big giant blade out of the window and chopping down all the trees as you drive along. I'm pretty sure other people, yes, I'm almost positive people have said that they've thought that before. It's not just me. Mine was more like uh, I held my pointer finger out to be in line with the sidewalk. And I imagined that it was some kind of underground worm that was ripping the sidewalk up from below. <laughs> That's really cool. You're diving deep into the imagination there. So I feel most like a child when I am roller skating. And um, I thought I've been thinking a lot about this and I have a theory um, about skating because I, I did not grow up uh, really like doing any kind of sport mm-hmm. and like really have never engaged physically um, in an intense way and in a way that felt like anything other than like punishing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like jo- jogging feels like punishment. Mm-hmm. Going to the gym feels like, like it all was vaguely unpleasant. I never enjoyed using my body uh, except when I was walking, but not in any high intensity way. Anyway, um, until I started skating and I was trying to figure out why, um, kind of like being in the backseat of a car, you need to surrender a little bit of control when you're on your roller skates, or you have to rather um, adjust your ideas of how a body can move because you're on wheels. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there is very little friction. And instead of sort of uh our usual lumbering around you have to really think about how you're going to distribute your your weight not just from side to side or from one foot to the other but from one side of your foot to the other from your toes to your heels and it is truly constant movement and constant calibration and i think to be able to achieve for me to be able to achieve that um awareness of my body and my balance 
which I had never had before because it wasn't cultivated. I had to, uh, I think there's a song that's, you gotta hang up your ha all your hangups, you know? And that's exactly what I had to do to um, be comfortable on wheels. I had to let go of the hangups that I had, you know, accumulated as an adult and return to sort of like a childlike engagement with my body. Mm -hmm. My my theory of skating is that you need to um, fully be yourself and fully relax or else you will stiffen up and then you'll mm -hmm. fall. Like it's actually kind of a practical dilemma here. When I wasn't relaxing, when I was focusing too much on how I looked or yeah, people who were watching me, it was like that, or if I thought even, you know, about what I was doing too much, I would fall. Mm -hmm. um, were there any other hang-ups? So one hang-up would be what people think I look like. What were some other ones? I thought, I just didn't think I was strong enough physically to do it. And then when I realized it was less about physical strength and more about sort of a fluidity of movement mm -hmm. that yeah it, that was sort of like a, a cognitive shift for me I was like okay this is not about how necessarily flexible and strong I am but it's just how much I can trust myself and my um and the, and the wheels trusting the wheels as well oh, um man. and I think <laughs> yeah what no that just hit me as a skateboarder trust the wheels Jack, when do you feel most like a child? Okay, I feel most like a child when I stop to look at patterns in nature. Mm. And I'm excited to talk to you about this because of your background. Um, can you say what it is really quickly? Yes, I currently work at a nature preserve called the Albany Pine Bush uh, Preserve, and um, I lead nature walks as a big part of my job. So I, I know a little bit about local flora and fauna. Yeah, and many many patterns, and many patterns, and there there's some really exciting ones out there, especially on moths. Oh, okay. The patterns that snap me most into the feeling of childlike wonder are in trees because when I look up, especially this time of year after the leaves have all fallen, you notice that a tree's branches are in pretty much the same exact shape as the tree's trunk and the whole shape of the tree. It's like it's sprouting into a thousand miniature versions of itself. A fractal. That's a great word, yeah. Also, there's so much variation within that pattern. There's some interesting curvatures and sometimes like there's a knot in the tree. So it's there's disruptions in the pattern, um, which I think make us more responsive to it because it would just look uncanny mm. if it was totally straight. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that observation can be when I'm most spiritual too because it all feels so designed. 
when do you think most like a child? This is harder for me to answer because uh, I interpret child in this question to not be the three or four year old me, but I interpret it as I'm still a child. <laughs> so I'm just thinking as a 24 year old, that's childish. Um, and it is that I ruminate and often oh. kind of try to mind read people. Um, yes. Not mind read in a superpower way, but if I say something that I didn't know how someone interpreted it and maybe they're upset with me, I tend to ruminate and play the situation over and over again to try to analyze if I did anything wrong and if they're upset with me. And this is, and why do you feel that that's childish? I guess because I feel like as you age, you start to care less what people think about you. And it's interesting because as a kid, I think I was like that. Um, my brother would often, in the few moments where he shared, he admired me in certain ways. He was kind of <laughs> like, it's cool that you don't really care what people think about you. Like I wasn't the kid to follow the American Eagle clothing trend. Thank God. Or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I started to become concerned if I was on a good page with literally everyone in college, just because words carried so much weight in college. Yes. And, and mine... Yes. There's kind of a constant analysis of if you uh, were woke or not, or uh, kind of an acceptable white guy, to say it bluntly. Yes. And there wasn't a lot of room to, uh, or they didn't feel that, I'm trying to choose my words lightly, you know, again, because I'm, <laughs> for the same reasons that you just described yeah um no i i just all i can say is i have thought and expressed the exact same things that you have just said um about reading people's minds like that's what i have been working on for a really long time mm -hmm. um not doing that it can make you crazy the thing I'm trying to work on that I think is helpful but really hard uh, is just getting comfortable with uncertainty. Not even taking it to the step of it's okay if they don't like me because in a way that's still trying to mind read mm -hmm. but just mm -hmm. not knowing what they think of me. The rumination now is more just with funny, tiny things. Like one of my neighbors was telling me <laughs> that she was baking 2,000 cookies for her church's bake sale. 
Okay. <laughs> and she was kind of like, yeah, when you're in church, like the more you volunteer, the more people ask you to do stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> never ending, raise your hand situation. Yeah. Yeah. And just in my uh, interviewer persona and a little too curious, I asked the really blunt question, oh, are you really religious? <laughs> oh my it, gosh. <laughs> it, came, it came out as like, I would judge you for being religious. How could you yes. believe that there's a God on earth that you're baking 2,000 cookies for when it's really just me being absolutely interested? Are you really religious? That is kind of funny. What did she say? She said, well, maybe I won't say what she said, just oh, okay. but yep. yeah, basically after that, uh, I was just beating myself up for saying it, and um, mm. I work for this woman, so I was worried about her feeling like I just attacked her in a way, um, and then this would damage my working relationship with her. Yes. So, and yeah. so have it's you taken like have you 40, 40 walks around the block to get that out of my head? <laughs> I think that's a really good um, coping mechanism, though. It was more like a few, and then I called my really close friend to talk about it on the phone. Um, and she helped me through it. Feeling dunk for listening all the way through and thank you interviewees for sharing your thoughts and stories uh did you notice that new frog sound effect that was from my wonderful saxophone teacher named michael hudson casanova it was the really somber frog sound and just to give you a sense of how much work goes into a six second sound bite he said all right i played some low clarinet with a little growl and a slow pitch bend at the end i also added a little reverb and eq what i love it michael thank you so much if you enjoyed this you can subscribe to the cafe ribbit newsletter Just go to caferibbit.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and put in your email address and first and last name. I send interviews like this one, as well as recipes sourced from Cafe Ribbit readers like you. So that is all I I have to say. Bye. 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 Bye.